You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 155. And today, we're going to talk about, I'm going to give you some keys to becoming a better connect group leader. Now, you may call them something different in your church. They might be small groups. They might be life groups. You might call them dinner parties. But but whatever, you know what I'm talking about. You know, the, the most effective and most successful churches in the world, the churches that are growing, the churches that have a sense of community, also have a successful small groups program. And these groups, you know, maybe meet once a week or once every two weeks and um, you know, some of them meet in coffee shops, some of them might meet over a meal at, at a restaurant, others may meet in a home or an apartment. But, but either way, there's, a, there's a, a system in place, there's a structure in place for building community at a smaller level than a Sunday morning service. And this is so important to, to growing a healthy church and to creating a community in which people are cared for and looked after. In fact, um, most pastors would tell you that 90% of pastoral ministry is done in the small group or the connect group level because most people don't have um, earth-shattering problems, but they do have things they need to talk to somebody about or get prayer for. And it's that connect group leader who takes the time to talk to them and pray with them and then to follow up with them. And so most most pastoral ministry is done at that level. But I want to give you a few keys on becoming a better connect group leader. Because if this is such an important part of our ministry, if this is such an important part of our church, then then we want to um, do the very best job that we can leading a small group. Number one, who can lead a small group? What are the requirements? You know, you don't have to have a, a Bible school degree. Um, you don't have to have, you know, any kind of theological degree. Really, you know, we break down the requirements and make it real simple. First of all, somebody who loves God. And this doesn't mean that you're perfect. It doesn't mean that you have it all together. None of us do. But you're growing in your faith. You're you're learning what it means to be a Christian every day. You don't even have to have all the answers. But, you know, if if, if you love God and, and, and you're growing in your faith, then, then that's a, a great start. And then the second requirement is we'd say somebody who loves people. Um... You know, you actually have to like the people that are in your group, and you have to want to build your group, and, you know, you do have to care for people. So this is another important thing. And if you notice these these first two uh, requirements kind of go along with what Jesus said, the two commandments that he gave us. He said, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Don't just love your neighbor, but love them as you love yourself. And so someone who really loves God passionately and someone who loves people passionately, that person is going to be a great connect group leader. 
Um, we also want somebody who's who regularly attends church. I mean, we wouldn't have a, a connect group leader who who doesn't belong to our church. That doesn't make any sense. Um, but we want somebody who's who's carrying the vision of the house, somebody who's carrying the vision of the church, somebody who's helping um, uh, pass that vision along to other people. And then also somebody who's been a part of a small group. I mean, if you've never been in a small group, um, it, it doesn't make much sense to have you leading one because you don't really know what you're leading. But someone who's come up through the system of being involved in a connect group for, for many years and uh, or, or, you know, a decent amount of time um, is going to be an effective leader. And, you know, I, I kind of alluded to this. We don't have to have all the answers. And, you know, I often jokingly say, look, if you love God and you love people and you know how to use Google, you'll be fine. Um, you know, I think sometimes we, we all, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a New Testament scholar, but there's often times people ask me questions that I just don't know the answers to it. You know, I, I've kind of gotten okay with that. I've kind of gotten okay with saying, you know what, I don't really know the answer to that. But I can find out for you, or we can find out together. Or maybe, why don't you do some research on that and come back, and when we come back next week, we'll talk about it. Because then it gets them a little bit more involved than just having you give them the answers. So who can lead a small group? Those are just a few thoughts, a few requirements. It's a pretty short list. Number two, how, how do you grow a small group? Maybe you've been asked to lead a group. Maybe you've been asked to start a group. And maybe they've given you a couple of people, but you know in your heart that there's other people that need to be involved. So, and and, and you know you wanna you wanna build it to to a size that, that many people are being touched. And I'm not talking it has to be a church, but you know a good small group can be anywhere from two to three people up to fifteen or twenty people, just depending on what kind of group you're running. But how do you build that group? How do you grow it? Um, you know, first of all, it's important to learn how to gather people. If you look at Jesus, he went and gave a personal invitation to each of his disciples. Everyone who followed Jesus had been personally invited. And there is something powerful about the invite. When you invite somebody to your group, whether you meet in a restaurant or a cafe or in your home, there is a power in you saying, hey, listen, I'd love to have you as part of our connect group, or I'd love to have you in my small group. And, and there's, a, there's a real power in that, inviting them. So get used to inviting people. You can't just announce that you're going to have a group and expect people to show up. It's not human nature, and we are all busy. People are busy. There are so many things going on in their lives, with their jobs, with their families, with their kids, with whatever. And, and when you come and you say, listen, you know, we're starting a connect group. We're starting a small group. We're starting a Bible study. Um, I'd love for you to consider coming and being a part. I think you would really um, have a lot to offer, and, and I think that it would be good for all of us if you'd be a part of it. So however you want to phrase it, there's something powerful in inviting people. Um, and then also another way that you grow your group is you make it a positive uh, experience, create a positive, faith-filled atmosphere. People are attracted to this kind of group. People aren't going to come to a group that's depressing and uh, heavy. People want to come to a place where there's life. They want to come to a group that's fun. They want to come to a group where there's life and there's laughter. Um, create an atmosphere where people can come in and talk and have a good time and share their hearts. And, you know, there's 
There's life there. There's laughter. It's fun. But then there's that serious time, too, where maybe you share some from God's Word or you, you have a, some time of prayer or whatever, but you, but, and you share prayer needs. And, and, and people understand that, but, but that's not the whole group. Um, if it is, you're only going to have a very, very small, small group of people that like that heavy kind of atmosphere. Create a light, positive, faith-filled atmosphere, and people are going to just love it. And then when you get into the Word, you know, make that vibrant as well. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Another way we can grow our group is by contacting people. Contact, contact, contact. Call, text, email, Facebook. Um, if you think about somebody in your group during the week, send them a message. Shoot them a text. Let them know you're thinking about them and you're praying for them. Um, remember birthdays, anniversaries. Celebrate together. Um, when you celebrate with people during the happy times and you're there to cry with them during the sad times, this is going to build your group because word's going to get around that there's community there. And, you know, when you shoot a message to somebody in your group and just let them know you were thinking about them, people don't expect that. They're going to be much more likely to invite their friends, and they're going to be much more likely to to stick around. Because, let's face it, especially in big churches, there's a lot of different kinds of groups to choose from. And sometimes people will go, go to two or three to kind of check them out and see which one they like. So what sets your group apart? Um, create... Create that kind of an atmosphere. Contact, contact, contact. So how do we grow our group? We learn how to invite people. We create a great atmosphere, and we contact, contact, contact. That's a, that's a powerful thing. Also, um, another way we can grow the group is by talking to new people in church. When you see a visitor, go talk to them. Introduce yourself to them. And you may not do it the first time you see them, but don't hesitate to invite them to your group because if they're checking your church out, Small groups, they, most people that are church hunting understand that small groups are a very, very important part of church life. And so they may be waiting for somebody to invite them. Don't assume that they're going to go ask the question on their own. So sometimes, you know, you might be the first person to invite them to a group. And the, the very fact that you invited them will, will, will cause them to come to your group. And so, and get your members to do the same thing. Teach your members how to invite people. Sometimes people are just waiting for the invite. And then also another good way to grow your group is spend time with your people outside of Connect Group. Um, look, it's great to spend time together in church. It's great to spend time together in your group. But, you know, there will also be times together you just get together with no agenda, just hang out, have a cup of coffee, you know, get together, go bowling, watch a movie, have a meal together. No agenda, just hanging out. Build relationships. Well, we will be right back. We've still got a couple more tips for becoming a more successful Connect Group leader. But I want to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, New Testament Snapshots. You know, if you scroll through your phone and you look at all the pictures that, are, that you have stored there, you'd probably say that every picture has a story. Every snapshot that picture from the vacation, that picture where, where you and your wife were out on that nice date, that time in the park with your kids, every picture tells a story. Well, you know, in the New Testament, there are several, several people, and I wrote about 12 of them, 
a dozen people who are written about in the New Testament, but there's not a lot. You know, a little bit here and a little bit there. But, you know, by working and piecing together the information we do have, we're able to put together um, a pretty accurate portrait, a pretty accurate snapshot of these lesser-known New Testament characters. And when we do it, it's absolutely fascinating. When we kind of dig behind the scenes and find out a little bit about these people that maybe we've heard their names, but we've never really seen the significant part, the significant role they play in the New Testament. This is an easy-to-read easy book. Uh, like I said, 12 of the lesser-known characters of the New Testament. New Testament Snapshots is perfect for uh, individual Bible study and for group study. So there'll be a link in the show, no show notes. Make sure you check it out. Well, all right. We have covered um, on requirements for being a small group leader. Who can lead one? How do I lead my group? And... Now, number three, um, actually number two was how do I grow my group? Number one, how can, who can lead? What are the requirements? Number two, who, how can I grow my group? And then number three, what do I do? I've been asked to lead a connect group, but I don't know what to do. Well, you know, a good formula is food, fellowship, and fun. Those three things are pretty much non-negotiable. Um, you know, if you've got, whether you have a full meal or you've just got some snacks, food, fun, fellowship is a great, great formula. And when we talk about fellowship, of course, we're talking about the connection between people, creating conversations, allowing people to talk and meet and, and get to know each other and find out what's going on in each other's lives. This is fellowship. But also included in the fellowship is the, the, the time of teaching or discussion or sharing. Look, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. Um, maybe in your church you do a uh, you talk about the pastor's message from the, this past Sunday. That's a great format. Take the message, break it down, and pull out one or two points. Keep it short. 15 to 20, 25 minutes, no, no more than that. Um, create discussion questions and get people talking about it. Get them to open their Bible up. I love to have people involved. I ask questions and I also say, hey, would somebody read this passage of Scripture? And I'll give them the passage of Scripture and have somebody read it because I want people involved. It's not the me show. It's not the you show. It's getting the people involved and become, letting it be interactive. Um, you may want to take a book. You know, take a great book, maybe one of Andy Stanley's books, or if you're part of the C3 movement, take one of Phil Pringle's books. And, and you know, go through the book and, and do a study. That's a great way. Um, there's also some excellent, excellent um, DVD curriculums out there that you can build on. And, you know, you can just go to Lifeway or Zondervan or, you know, uh, Christian Discount Books. There's so many great places that you can find awesome curriculum, but many of the DVD formats, the uh, there'll be a, maybe a 10 or 15 minute um, talk on the DVD, and then you'll have some discussion questions to kind of take people through. So this is a great way. If you don't feel comfortable teaching, no problem. Let somebody else do it for you on DVD, and then you just lead the discussion. And then we also include in fellowship, we include prayer. 
Um, you may not have time to pray an hour every week, but you should be able to take time and, and spend time praying together. Ask people, you know, what we can pray for them about. Um, ask for prayer requests, and then go through and pray for those prayer requests. Um, one connect group that, that I was in recently that I was leading, um, one of the people involved would, would jot down the uh, the prayer request, and then they would send it out as, as an email to all the members in the group so that we could remember to pray for those things during the week. This is such a powerful way to build community and to take these needs before God. So food, fun, and fellowship. And like I say, in, in, in fellowship, we include the community, the, the laughter, the fun, but also the, the teaching and the discussion and the sharing and the prayer. And, you know, this is a great, great way for people to get touched. You know, when people, when people come to Connect Group and, and they have a need and you take time and pray for that need, they're going to go away feeling like a million bucks. Um, you know, the pastors can't pray for everybody, but when you take that time to pray for them, like we said, this is where primary pastoral ministry takes place. And most people don't need a counselor. Most people don't need therapy. Most people don't need an hour session with a senior pastor. They just need somebody who loves them and cares for them, who will listen to them, who will pray for them, and who will let them know that we're going to stand with them. And then another good question to ask when we're talking about running connect groups or small groups or whatever you call them, where do you turn for help? Make sure you know who you report to. Because there may be a time when you have a problem that's a little bit bigger than you want to handle. Um, I mean, you may have a marriage in crisis, and you don't feel comfortable really dealing with that. Um, none of us are professional marriage counselors, unless you've got that degree. And, you know, most of us don't. And so knowing where to turn somebody who... Um, turn to when you have people in your group that are going through serious issues, or maybe you've got a, a death in the family, and 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 you know somebody on the pastoral team needs to be notified. Knowing who to report to and how to report these things, because think about it: if there's somebody in your group that's going through a crisis, and the pastors don't know about this, it makes them look really bad. If if somebody in your group loses a loved one and the pastors haven't been notified of it, and that person walks past the pastor and the pastor doesn't say anything, they're going to think, oh, wow, they don't know or they don't care. But how much better and more effective when you, the awesome Connect Group leader, send that email up the chain of command, and now the pastors know. So when they're walking past Mr. and Mrs. Williams in church, the pastor's going to go, oh, that's right. And he's going to stop and say, hey, listen, I heard about your loss. I'm so sorry. We're praying for you. That is a huge thing. And we always want to make our pastors look good. And one of the ways we can make our pastors look good is just by keeping them in the loop. They're not going to know about every problem unless we let them know. Well, now it's your turn. What did I miss? We've talked about you know, keys to, to becoming a better connect group leader. We're talking about who can lead a small group. What are the requirements? We talked about how I grow my group. We talked about how do I run my group, food, fun, and fellowship. And then we talked about where do we turn for help. I'd love to hear from you. If I missed something or if you can think of something else to add to the list, let me know. Go to davidspell.com, leave your question or your comment in the comments section 
for today's post. While you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter. I'd love to stay in touch with you. Well, friends, thanks for being with me. Make sure you check out uh, New Testament Snapshots. I know you'll love it. And until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you to be the best Connect Group leader that you can be.